0: They will consistently, genuine repentance will consistently display the fruit of of the spirit we're talking about born again spirit filled people namely the fruit of the spirit of patience not only being patient with themselves as they try to work through their sin issue and repentance but the fruit of the spirit of kindness with others or gentleness with others or self-control with others as they too work through the process husbands are you listening to me I'm Terry Knighton, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. And I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to speak to your heart by His Word tonight. We're going to try to... Well, we're actually sort of in the middle of a series that we began a week ago. And I'm going to share the back half of the first part of that series with you tonight. It deals with the issue of repentance. Repentance. One titled, The Signs of Repentance. Repentance. What do you know about repentance? Is that something you deal with frequently? Is that something you've ever dealt with? Well, we're going to learn, we're going to dip into it a little bit more. I want to read one verse in your hearing. Our text passage is actually taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, but I want to read another verse in your hearing, just a part of it. It's very brief and it's found in the book of Psalm chapter 66 and verse number 18. And the record puts it this way. If, listen to that, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I had cherished or embraced sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Sounds serious, doesn't it? Let me pray for you, and we're going to jump right into this. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray by your Word, in Jesus' name, that you would speak to each and every heart. Lord, use your word tonight to bring to us instruction and encouragement and enlightenment, I pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Hey, again, it is a joy to have you with us each and every week. I trust that the Lord's going to speak to your heart and move you in a profound way over the, these next few moments. You hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. something that I know you probably do too you can't run from your sin and the guilt do you know where the guilt is it's not over yonder it's in here so whether I'm here or whether I'm over yonder if I'm guilty where's the guilt it's in here. You can't run from your guilt. There are a lot of people, a lot of sad, miserable, defeated, discouraged individuals that had one time an on-fire relationship with God and they've strayed away because they stumbled and instead of fits in it, as we'd say in Satsahaw, they chose to embrace it and to run from that thing that's going to take care of their sin problem. Are y'all picking up you mopping up what I'm spilling this morning? You, you got me so far? A couple of you. So, number five on your study notes. We're moving right along. This is a Labor Day special. I'm going to try to be short. The key word is try. How does that usually work out? Not too good. Probably won't this morning either. Number five. What are the signs of or attributes of genuine repentance. When as I was typing up working on my notes, I misspelled signs. I left out the G. That was kind of hilarious. What are the sins of repentance? We've <laughs> already talked about that. Now we'll get to the signs. The G's in there, thank the Lord. Six of them I'd like to share with you with a little bit, but not a lot of commentary. Number one, a repentant person. Genuine repentance is repulsed by sin. Listen to me. That's why I don't buy into this loosely translated, loose-lived life of just sin doesn't mean anything. There's no consequences. A repentant person is repulsed by sin. So long as one, whether it's a man, woman, boy, or girl, so long as one loves their sin or is seemingly unconcerned about the seriousness of their sin, it's a genuine indicator that they have not repented. The flippant attitude, watch this, and I've heard it so many times over the last many years. This flippant attitude that boasts, I'll sin all day long because I love my sin, and then I'll ask forgiveness before I go to bed tonight. I'm always thinking, I hope you don't meet with death about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to be in a world of trouble. Listen, that flippant attitude doesn't reflect a lifestyle of repentance. Here's what the Word of God says in Psalm 66, verse 18. If I had cherished, cherished, it's a word we use in the marriage vows, to love and to cherish. Not a lot of grooms understand that word. Not a lot of brides understand that word. God understands that word. The psalmist understands that word. If I had cherished, embraced sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Who said that? Say God. How many of you are really here this morning? Can I see your hand? Now, I didn't mind that y'all didn't go off this weekend, but at least be where you are. Can I get an amen right there? If you ain't where you are, then you are where you ain't, and that's a terrible place to be. Secondly, repentance, genuine repentance accepts the consequences. If you can't spell it, just put a big C in there. It accepts the consequences and seeks to make amends. In Luke chapter 19, and for brevity, I'm not going there now, but there was a thieving tax collector introduced to us. His name was Zacchaeus, and here's what he said. Let me do that again, a thieving tax collector. And you might think, is there any other kind? <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. The thieving tax collector Zacchaeus said, "If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." He accepted the consequences of his sin and sought to make amends. Number three, genuine repentance accepts the depth of the pain their sins may have caused others. Listen to me real careful right here. This probably, and a misunderstanding about this, probably causes as many problems in church fellowships as anything else I can think of. Genuine repentance accepts the depth of the pain their sins may have caused others. The victim, watch this, the victim of many sins is the perpetrator. In other words, I commit a sin I pay the price. There's consequences to pay. But that's not always the extent of it. How many of you know that much sin encompasses and entangles others in the ripples? I could name some for you. This but I'm not going to go there. I'm not trying to go there. You can do that on your own time. Suffice it to say, beloved, sin not only affects us. Watch this, daddies. When a daddy sins, it affects the marriage relationship. It affects the children. It affects the home. When church leaders, church workers commit sin, not only does it affect them, not only do they experience the consequences, there's a ripple effect among the church body. Did you know that? That's why we need to be careful how we live. Repentance, genuine repentance, accepts the depth of such pain. Watch this. Repentance doesn't blame other people for making them sin. I'm sorry, but it was his fault what kind of I'm sorry is that? That's ridiculous. I just soon you keep your I'm sorry to yourself. Can I get an amen right there? See? Which one being interpreted means yes. Beloved, genuine repentance will take responsibility. Somebody say responsibility. Oh, we see that manifest clearly out in our communities today, don't we? Responsibility. Somebody say, no, no. And in many respects, it's gravitated into church fellowships. Genuine repentance will acknowledge the damage they've done and express remorse, which starts in the heart. Number four, genuine repentance grants others time to process. This is important. A truly repentant person will not insist that others hurry up and get over their mess-ups. I messed up, I said, I'm sorry, get over it. How many of you know it's not always that easy? They will consistently, genuine repentance will consistently display the fruit of, Of the Spirit. We're talking about born again, spirit filled people, namely the fruit of the Spirit of patience. Not only being patient with themselves as they try to work through their sin issue and repentance, but the fruit of the Spirit of kindness with others or gentleness with others or self control with others as they too work through the process. Husbands, are you listening to me? Talking to you up in here this morning. Number five, genuine repentance. Watch this. You think I'm lost. I'm genuinely pausing for emphasis. Are you with me? This is a good time in the service for you to look around and see if your neighbor's asleep. If they are, push them out on the floor. If you're going to sleep, you need to stretch out. Don't sleep setting up. It's not good for your heart. Number five repentance changes behavior oh repentance genuine repentance will proactively work to change its behavior watch this and take steps to avoid sin and temptation let me give you a bible example acts chapter 9 tells us that some believers, no surprise, some believers were hesitant to trust Paul. Now, if there was a guy running around town persecuting and prosecuting Christians, and all of a sudden he showed up in your church fellowship, wouldn't you be a little suspicious? You can be honest with me here. No, we're not like that at our church, preacher. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you'd be a little, you would either be a little cautious or very naive, one or the other. But some believers were hesitant to trust Paul. But, there's a but, his dramatic repentance won their confidence. Going to Acts 9 and verse 20, we are told, this is after Paul's uh, conversion experience, which was very dramatic. Yours may not be that way. Uh, I could contrast that with Dorcas' conversion experience. It was pretty quiet. Maybe you had a quiet conversion experience. Paul didn't. But after that, we're told in verse 20, at once he began to preach. When did he begin to preach? At once he began to preach. Notice where he was preaching, in the synagogues. Notice what he was preaching, that Jesus is the Son. Instead of persecuting the Christians, he was preaching the cross of Christ. And people were hearing this, they were observing this, and they were watching Preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 22. Yet Saul grew more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Paul purposed growth. Paul purposed maturity. Paul purposed to change. Changed his behavior. Number six on your study notes. True repentance will be overwhelmed by God's forgiveness. Stay with me right here. Genesis chapter 33. Well, actually the preceding chapters up through that chapter tell us a story. A lot of stories, but one such that we'll pick out this morning is the story of Jacob and Esau. You remember that story? Oh, Jacob... And I'm tempted to call him a mama's boy. Go back and read the story. He was his mother's pride and joy, old Jacob was. And what did Jacob do? He deceived his twin brother. What a rascal. Deceived his twin brother out of his birthright, which was a double portion of the inheritance. When they were younger, his twin brother Esau probably didn't think a lot about that. But he got to pondering that, and beloved, it prompted him to want to kill Jacob. How many of you know killing somebody is serious? Am I right? Esau wanted to kill Jacob. The master hunter was going to kill him. But well, watch this. When Jacob, ultimately Jacob had an encounter with his brother after 40 years, how long? That's a long time, amen? After 40 years, Jacob and Esau got back together again. And Jacob was astounded. Astounded. So much so, that he wept. We're told in chapter 33, verse 4, that he wept. And look at verse 10 of chapter 33. To see your face is like seeing the face of God, for you have received me favorably. My point to you is this Jacob was just overwhelmed he, at uh, uh, Esau's repentance and knew and understood that true repentance will put you in awe of God's forgiveness. Not puffed up like you deserve it, but in awe of God's forgiveness. I'm going to quickly close, headed back to our text passage. I read that at the opening. I'm going to read through it again here. I want you to catch a couple of things. I want you to consider with me, now this will seem rather abrupt. I want you to consider that confession without repentance will not bring about the forgiveness we all desire and need. As we've said throughout the message, mere words without a true heart conviction are useless. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 7, again, verse 9. Yet now I am happy. And you remember, if I didn't tell you before, I'll tell you now. Here's what's going on in Corinth. There was a gentleman in the Corinthian church that had committed an atrocious sin. Atrocious, I say. He'd had relations with his dad's mom, with his stepmother. Can you say, Ugh. Yeah, that's what was going on there. Watch this. The church did not do anything about it. Are you with me? The church didn't do anything about it. The church tolerated it. Well, in the first letter, Paul Called this guy out. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, I think it is. And then after the fact, Paul, just sort of kind of reading between the lines, Paul was a little insecure with his action. He was afraid that he had over, had. Stepped out of bounds, over bounds with his response. He was afraid he had offended and discouraged the entire church body, and that was not his purpose. We know now that that did not happen. That was not the ultimate outcome. So we pick up with verse number 9. Paul says, yet now I am happy. He thought he had offended them. He found out that that was not the case. Yet now I am happy. Not because you were made sorry, because they had to look into this situation, but because your sorrow led you to, say it out loud with me, church, repentance. His actions led to repentance. For you become, became sorrowful as God intended and so were not harmed in any way by us. Look at verse 10, very important. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow, there's a contrast. Godly sorrow, godly repentance and worldly sorrow or repentance worldly sorrow brings death hmm verse 11 see what this godly sorrow this godly repentance has produced in you and he gives us that bullet list what earnestness what eagerness to clear yourselves in other words to deal with that sin in the church What indignation toward that sin in the church. What alarm toward that sin in the church. What longing, what concern about not only the sin in the church but the perpetrator. What readiness to see justice done at every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. Repentance, the signs of repentance Let me ask you one last question. What does the church body do when these signs are not present? What are you talking about, Pastor Terry? I'm talking about what do we do when someone, regardless of who it is, lies about being sorry in order to avoid consequences there's a word for that. The word is childish. Are you with me? What do we do about folks like that? Or someone that might use our goodwill as an opportunity, perhaps to hurt us or to impose upon us or to harm us by entangling us in their sin once again? I'll leave you with this. Sometimes, everybody say sometimes. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for a person is to not let them hurt us, harm us, impose upon us any longer. Hold them accountable. I believe New Life Community Church does that very well. And they do that with wisdom and tact. Hold them accountable until genuine repentance is manifest. Let me ask you this morning. This is the committal part of the service. How's your heart? Are there some things in your life that do not belong there? Some things in your heart that do not belong there? Are there some relationships that are messed up? and your heart's not right about that situation? Is there some vice in your life, in your heart is not right about that situation? Are there some things that you need not only to confess, but you need to allow Holy Spirit to fix? Can I encourage you? Don't embrace those things. Don't continue on with that pain, that guilt, that burden. Don't fake it. For goodness sakes, repent of it. Confess it. And allow the great physician, God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, to do His work, His office work in your heart, to clear you of that offense and to make things right. Well, folks, there you have it. We're going to wrap it up this way. Let me ask you, and this is a very personal question. We kind of push in from time to time, but are there some issues, some relational issues even, in your life that need to be straightened out? How's your heart? Those of you that claim to be a part of the forever family of God, those of you that claim that you are a born again believer, filled with the Spirit of God, how's your heart? There are there some issues there? Again, in particular, some relational issues that should not be a part of who you are. Perhaps there's some forgiveness on the horizon. I shared during uh, my Yeti time this week, which is on another uh, form of media, I talked quite a bit about the interpersonal relationships. It should never be that those who are part of the family of God come to a point where we are so divided that we walk away and we uh, hold hard feelings. We hold grudges. The prayer that we pray quite often, the Lord's Prayer, says this, Forgive us our sins, watch this, as we forgive those who sin against us. And then a little later after the prayer, Jesus actually makes mention of the fact that if you harbor unforgiveness, you cannot be forgiven we've been talking about that in this particular message unforgiveness is like building a fence around ourself and then just living our own little self-contained life and just a miserable place to be so I want to encourage you to allow the love of God to overflow in you focus on him and if there's a, a an issue with someone in particular someone within the body of Christ An issue that needs to be fixed, an issue that's affecting your heart and affecting, coming between you and God is really dampening your relationship with God. Can you be encouraged to make that right, to fix it, as we used to say back where I come from? It needs to be fixed. It's true. People do people things, but we do not have to continue to revel in those things and let those things go on and on and on to a point of no return. It can be fixed by the power of the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray for each one listening into the telecast tonight. I pray for those in particular that have allowed something to come into their heart, specifically something of an interpersonal nature. Perhaps it was a problem. Perhaps they were injured, and indeed they were injured, and they've harbored resentment. It's built, and it's festered, and it's poured into every area, just poisoned their life. Lord, it's as though they built a fence around themselves and they're living in that little fence cut off from the rest of the world. Help them to tear that down in the power of the Spirit, to find forgiveness, to find love, to find restoration. I pray, I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, beloved, there is nothing like forgiveness. Greatest thing ever been invented, forgiveness. It will set you free. That doesn't mean you condone someone's bad behavior. Oh, you hold them accountable. Indeed, you do. But you don't allow that to fester into an unloving, unkind, unrepentant attitude, in particular with regards to your heart. I want to take this opportunity to encourage you to be a part of the church. And I hear the story so much today about how we don't need the church in order to be a Christian. Well, I beg beg to differ with you. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, One such place where that takes place is right here, 415 Micah Road, Ridgeway, Virginia. New Life Community Church has a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Our primary worship celebration. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family. And I mean that when I tell you that. Our children meet, the youth meet, the adults meet. Wednesday evening's a busy time, and it's fun time. It's a, a time that really ministers fun in a spiritual way, if that makes sense to you. And I trust that it does. Well, my time is gone. I have to get out of here. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great day, great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back? <music>